You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at the adversity we can all encounter during Advent and the biblical foundation for overcoming it. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Welcome to round eight out of 12 of Advent and Adversity. I remember when I was a kid waking up one Christmas morning in Beeville, Texas at my grandma's house. And I woke not to the promise of Christmas presents down the hall, but to a work boot nestled in my ribs, kicking me up and down against the bed, connected to my grandma's boyfriend, James. He then instructed my brother and I to get into his truck. He drove us out in the middle of nowhere. And then I remember he dropped me off with an ax next to a fallen tree surrounded by random cows. Then he drove off. And I remember as I looked at this fallen tree that was supposedly my work for the day to chop firewood, I stopped for a moment to pray and just ask God, God, what are you doing? Like I should be by a tree in the living room surrounded by presents, not a tree out in a field surrounded by cows. Like, God, this is not what I wanted at all. You ever been there before? Not in a field with cows and a fallen tree, but just in a moment in life where you've looked and said, God, what are you doing? Why is it like this? Why is this pain in the midst of my story? Well, we talked a little bit about this last time, that as we see the purpose for the reason why Jesus showed up, had a plan, God's sovereign plan determined that his salvation would not only come, but would come at the exact time where that message could be heard throughout the world. And that's encouraging to us to know, you know what, even when we're in pain, there just might be purpose in it. And I want to take a step further this one to say, hey, there's not just purpose through the pain. But there's even purpose in our pain. And for me, uh, we'll get back to Beville in a second, but I find great comfort when I think about the synagogue. And you go, what do I mean by that? Well, the synagogue, if you notice, never shows up in the Old Testament, but you see it 56 times in the New. These little gathering places, wherever the Jews were, to study the Word of God. You go, where did these come from? They're not in the Old Testament, but they're all over the place in the New. Well, in the Old Testament, the center of Jewish worship was the temple where we would go and sacrifice the blood of an innocent lamb covering our sin so we can have peace with God again. But as the nation of Israel in the Old Testament persisted in disobedience, God warned them, I will cast you out of the land. They persisted to disobey him and he did it. The southern kingdom of Judah was driven off into Babylon and the temple of God was destroyed. Where do you worship when the temple's gone? How do you worship when the house of sacrifice is gone? And what you see in that time of scattering among the nations is the people of God now center on the word of God. And even as they're brought back at the end of the Old Testament, you see men like Ezra lifting up the word of God, teaching people the Torah so they understand it. And you see that the center of Jewish religious life for a long season was focusing in on the words of God. The temples rebuilt But this idea of gathering together to study the word of God together had taken root in the midst of the punishment for their rebellion, being cast out. There was this development of gathering around the word of God. And so wherever Jewish people were scattered, these little synagogues, places to study the word of God came up. They they were an adaptation to the reality of their scattering. One of the most painful moments in their history led to this plan. 
And yet what's fascinating about it is we talked about last time that Jesus' arrival was determined by God, the exact time and place so that the world could know the light of revelation to the nations has come. But what's fascinating is after Jesus' death, what happened? The the message of the gospel spread throughout the known world. And where did the apostles always go first? Synagogues dotted around the whole world. And so it's fascinating that as the gospel is spread, it happens to be at this moment where there's suddenly all these people gathered around studying the law of God. And so Galatians, Paul says in Galatians 3.24, the law has become a tutor to lead us to Christ. That when you study the Old Testament, the law appropriately, it's meant to be a tutor, a teacher that leads you to the person of Jesus. And now scattered among the nations are all these little houses where that law is being studied so that when Paul and the apostles showed up, they could say, yeah, all this was leading you to the one who's come, to Jesus. And what I find fascinating about that is something that had to be developed, this synagogue system, as a result of, of a deep pain in their life was used by God's purposes to expand the glory of his son, that that's the exact timing that Jesus came. And so let me tell you something encouraging about you. God can lead in your life, not just in spite of your pain, but through it. Sometimes the consequences or circumstances or pain in our life because of sin, God doesn't have to baptize it and call sin good, but he can redeem even those broken and sad things. So it wasn't until years later for me when I was older, I remember visiting with a guy who raised cattle in Texas and bred them. And I went to his land and it was gorgeous. It was amazing. And I said, man, this must be the best place in the world for cattle to grow up. And he looked at me and said, what? He said, no, we don't let them grow up here. I said, what do you mean? He said, if they grow up in this lush, easy environment, their hooves get too weak. They'll crack and break. And and then we have to put them down. He said, if, if you want to raise breeding cattle, we have to send them when they're young to hard, difficult places to toughen them up. He said, so we send them to this place you've probably never heard of, Beeville, Texas. I said, what? And he said, yeah, we send them to that difficult place so that we can put into them what they need to survive. Which was fascinating to me to think about. Man, years ago, that's where God sent me. Even when I was in the midst of confusion of it, God was working his purposes in my life, even in Beeville? Now, look, there's more to that story, and there's more that God's doing, and at any moment, God's doing a million things, and maybe we're aware of five of them. But my purpose in saying it is this, that even in the midst of my pain, God works his purposes, and it's the same with you. And the synagogue system encourages me for that. Jesus arrived and redeemed history according to his exact timing and the fullness of time he came, and he used a vehicle that was the derivation of the disobedience of his people for the furthering of his purposes. So I don't know what situation you're in this Christmas that's maybe the product of some sin or product of pain, whether something you did or someone else, but I want to tell you we have a God who uses even the most difficult parts of our life for his divine purposes if you trust him. So I don't know all the reasons for the pain in your life, But I know a God who rules over all those reasons and redeems them in the life of his people because he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You may have a difficult day, but God loves you. And when you trust him, the hope you have this Christmas is that God is going to use all things for his glory, even some of the most painful and difficult moments of your life. I'm praying for you, trusting for you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.